Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bobby. What is up, Dan? How are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm doing so great. Yay. Oh, I'm from New York. You are, and you're going back to New York. So we are, we are together before you get on a plane to return to the motherland. Can I tell you something, Bob? I'm from New York. Hey, when you're there, make sure you get some pizza and a bagel. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is a very a rare occasion, Bob. I am leaving on Monday. Yep. To go to New York. And we are doing our taping on a Saturday night, and it's getting crazy already. It's getting pretty crazy. I can tell you've been drinking all day. I haven't. Actually... I have to say I'm a little proud of myself that um, I didn't drink a lot. We have some people over, my wife, my wife's friends, my friends, and I waited patiently for your arrival because I didn't want to do one of those podcasts where the first one, because we tape two when, when we do this, the first one, yeah, I remember, it seemed like it went well. Yep. And then the second one, I wake up and it's just like, don't we did a second podcast? We did a second one. We've had many thrown away for that exact reason, <laughs> including one of my favorites with uh, your coworker, Mark Sessler, where we we doubled up the sadness and did Coldplay <laughs> followed by Counting Crows, August and Everything After. Yeah. And only one of them made it out on a, out, on, out onto iTunes. We will get to that um, seminal debut from The Crows eventually, but it just it wasn't the right time. Definitely not. I mean, it would have been the right time if we weren't drinking vodka and God knows what else yeah. and all lamenting for a past long gone. It was very serious, gone. as I recall. It got very serious. That's why uh, That's listeners, what booze does, though. It gets, it gets yeah. you real sometimes. Listeners of the podcast and fans of the podcast uh, often will, will write us on Twitter, Bob, and be like, you got to unlock the vault. There's yeah. a reason why we're never going to unlock the vault. No. Whether in our hearts and in the vault of shitty episodes <laughs> that have died along the way. They're there. They're in the vault to protect you, the listener. <laughs> yeah, you don't want this. Yeah. You don't want to see the real us. Uh, this is an exciting one today, Bob. Uh, we are going to talk uh, darkness. The darkness. Excuse me. Yeah, I don't know who it's exciting for. I think that uh, we teased it a while back. Fans voted for it. Then we decided, eh, we're not going to do it. <laughs> We Dick saw move. them in concert. We'll get into that. And now we're finally ready to talk about it. We're ready to talk about The Darkness, their debut album, Permission to Land. Um, I think most of the music buying public is only aware of this first Darkness album. Is that fair? I mean, here in America, for sure. I don't know what happened overseas, but they are an afterthought here. But yeah, they're they're kind of a fascinating... like pop culture artifact of the era, which was the early aughts. Like there's not like the darkness, like where do they come from? Did they inspire anyone? Did any, I mean, clearly they were inspired by bands like queen and stuff. We'll get to all this, but they kind of like the whole, um, the album cover and, and the first, the big single was about like a spaceship and stuff. They kind of were like beamed down here on a spaceship. And then left our na left our globe just yeah, as and, fast. And there was nothing I was more excited about than to be a part of that uh, 
universe that they were entering because yeah. I we needed this in our life at the time. Um, of course, if you are a fan of the podcast, you're aware that we are funded, Bob. We are powered by our Patreon. Patreonies. Patreonies. Is that what is the like uh, slang within that community? I think I just said it. I think that's our thing. Patreonies? Sure. Okay. I mean, for us, I don't know. We don't know how to pronounce it. So if you want not? to be part of the cause, uh, patreon.com slash throwback pod uh, and uh, get get involved. Just, you know, throw us a couple bucks a month. Yeah. Is that crazy? No, I don't think it's crazy. I mean, we're here. We're drinking some beer. And we're, we want to entertain. That's all. That was good, Bob. It was a good sell right there. No, it wasn't. <laughs> I wanted to say something else, but I had to. We're here. We're drinking some beer. And we're get used to it. <laughs> Oh, you're gonna make a gay joke? No, you can't do that no, anymore, that's Bob. Why. That is not allowed. I didn't say it. In I didn't this say world. it. Um, well, before we get into the album, though, I need to I need to just uh, call back to a previous episode. Yes. Uh, when I was uh, stricken with food poisoning. Oh right, right, right. And I had to come to grips with the fact that my decade long assumption that food poisoning was fake, right, uh, was perhaps not true. Right. Well, I'm glad we're circling back to this. Since I got since I since that incident. Um, my older son, a couple of days later, he woke up in the middle of the night and threw up. Oh no! And it was like, oh no! Like that was weird. And then a few days after that, the younger son, oh, same thing, woke up, threw up. So now, I am saying I did not have food poisoning. I had a stomach <laughs> bug that was then passed to my kids. So food poisoning is a fucking fraud. Put it on the board. <laughs> oh wow! Rachel Platten, I know what you did. I know what you did. You know, first of all, you're a very sick man. In a lot I of was. Ways. I was very sick. And now my little boy is so sick too. I um there's nothing to do with the turkey sandwich I ate. I recall the the story from that podcast. A lot of it was connecting with some issues you have with women, and in particular this singer songwriter, <laughs> Rachel, her name is. Yeah, Rachel Platten. Right. Ra- and then I have to say, Bob, you know, I I track your movements on social media. A little bit shameless with some of the tweeting at Rachel Platten when you were, you know, selling the pod. Like Get trying to get a reaction out of Rachel again. It's pointing to you having some type of hang up with this woman. I don't. I don't run all of our social media accounts. And let's come on. You know. You know what you did. You know what you did. You know what you did last summer, buddy. Nothing. <laughs> didn't have food poisoning. I know I didn't have food poisoning, and it's all fake. Um. Okay. I feel like you know what I think. Alternate theory. It's a final destination food poisoning thing, and it's taking out each member of your family, your wife is obviously next, and then it's going to just start ticking off like your mom, your stepdad, <laughs> food poisoning. Your your sister. And for the record, would it be the uncles, would it be aunts. the would it be the worst thing in the world if a multi-platinum singer-songwriter tweeted about our little podcast that nobody listens to? <laughs> Come on, I'm thinking about the pod. No, you're not. I think there's something the there. Pod. There's something that you were never never able to process that she did not oh, it's come all, to that shoot. It's all clear. It's all clear as day now. <laughs> I feel like every episode going forward should have an update on where you are emotionally regarding Rachel Platt. <laughs> She's great, great songwriter. All right. So the Darkness album came out in 2003. There, I, there's nothing more 2003 than the Darkness debut album. So that that number, that year always sticks in my head. Couldn't it be any other year but 2003. Yeah, of course. That was it. That was the only time it made sense. Uh, but when in, in 2003? I, I don't I don't know. I'm going to say March. I'll throw it out. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, July. Okay, it was July summer. 2003. Okay. Uh, you know what else happened in July 03? 
Saddam Hussein's statue torn to the Still, ground. Still, they rebuilt it, <laughs> tore it back down. Uh, no, but uh, when I say it, you're going to be like, yeah, I fucking knew that. Okay. On the 4th of July that year, Los Angeles Lakers star Kobe Bryant oh. was arrested for sexual assault. And we were in L.A. on a, like, our buddies, we made a trip to L.A. in the middle of all that. Yeah, we did one of our dude trips. I remember exactly where we were when we found out about Kobe. Do was you? it In-N-Out? It was at the In-N-Out yeah. Burger on Sunset. <laughs> it was probably the first time I ever had In-N-Out Burger. Did we did we find out through like a USA Today? I think so. I mean, it, it wasn't like we had our phones. No, there was no to phones. Tell us anything. We might have like overheard some Laker fans at the next table and then like grabbed the newspaper or something. Like it was, it was that way. I you know one of the great upsets of the Me Too era is that Kobe. And if you're not familiar with it, you know, wiki it because it's not a pleasant case. But Kobe, it, it never went to trial, but there was a accusation of a sexual assault while he was rehabbing an injury at like a spa in Colorado. Colorado yeah. And uh, anyway, he, the case went away and you could deduce however you want to deduce there. Uh, but then he wins an Oscar. Yes. Like last March in the middle at the height of Me Too. And it's like, I guess people just have a bad memory <laughs> because just being connected to those type of allegations gets you run out of Hollywood now. And then here's this basketball player, the Oscars. Yeah. Taking the, home a trophy. Yeah. The, weird. the Laker legend thing, I think, usurped the Me Too-ness of it all at the time. At the well, that's good to know. The, the legs of the movement. Yeah. As long as you're a Laker is great. Exactly. What all else, I, all I remember from that whole thing was the big rock that he got his fiance. At the, <laughs> the, time, apology at the, time, the apology rock? The apology rock. Yeah, yeah. And they're still together. They're still together. Enough. It was a gigantic rock. It was tremendous. Yeah. Good, uh, good job, Kobe. Yeah. Good job, Kobe. I mean, no, not a good no, job. No, bad but, job, Kobe. Uh, also in July, Bob Hope died. Dan, Bob Hope. That was, you know, sad, but also was, you know. It happened. Did you see any of those Bob Hope specials near the end? Yeah. yeah. It got pretty dark. Like his eye like closed <laughs> up, basically. And he that thing, when some guys, and I hope, Bob, we reach this stage, but not really. Not Al, really. Al Davis was another example, the Raiders owner, uh, before he passed away uh, about five years ago. Some some guys when they get really old, yeah, the the face everything just quits, yeah, and you're still alive, but everything else around you is just like melting away. You know, Bob is in a bad spot near the end. I that's my hot take there. <laughs> that it's that it's okay when old dudes die. Well, sometimes you know when you die, it's you know it was time. Yeah, I mean it's not like he was going to put out something that like <laughs> whoa that's his <laughs> second act. It's like yeah. no, he had he had many acts. He did great. I am sad, though, that like we got to at least grow up with him being this old guy that like our grandparents liked. Right. And now there's like a whole generation that has zero connection to Bob Hope. Kind of like that. Like that's like a classic American yeah. entertainer that we don't remember in his prime or in his even like older age. We remember him as this decrepit old man, but at least we right. are connected to him. I think that could have been Bill Cosby, but could have been that didn't work out for Bill. Jerry Seinfeld is kind of that dude. Well, he's a long way away from yeah, that. Yeah, but, you know, not too far away. He's yeah, He needs another, like, 30 years of just being this. He's like 65. Yeah, Bob Hope was probably oh, like 115. Bob Hope was like 170 <laughs> years old when he died. Yeah. Uh, all right, Bob. Good all call. All right. Movies that came out that month, a lot of sequels. Legally Blonde 2. Never saw it. Bad Boys 2. Never saw it. Terminator 3. Never saw it. And Spy Kids 3D. Never saw any of those okay. films. Okay. Did you? Uh, I've seen Spy Kids 3D. 
That's I, it. I do remember seeing a part of um, Terminator 3 because it goes into the bad CGI Hall of Fame mm-hmm. uh, alongside such films as The Mummy and that uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Vanessa Williams uh, vehicle, uh, Racer, I believe oh, it was called, yes. with the alligator scene. Um, Arnold, There's a CGI Arnold in it in Termino- Terminator 3, and it's a fucking disaster. Check it out on YouTube. I will. Yeah. I would say um, another Spy Kids 3D was a bit of a disaster. If you want a superior Spy Kids, mm-hmm. check out Spy Kids 4. Why is that, Bob? I just check it out. There's uh, some quality, <laughs> uncredited writing in that movie. <laughs> and uh, if you look really closely, you might see one of the uh, guys from this podcast as a bad guy chasing after a couple of kids. That's all I could say. I can't legally get into it. Wow, Bob. But, you know, Joel McHale, Ricky Gervais, Jessica Alba. Friends of yours. Quality Spy Kids movie. Let me just throw that out there. <laughs> a lot of people say it's the worst of the series. But <laughs> I don't know that. No, you don't know. Three is really bad. Okay. Yeah. All let's, right, let's, no, let's talk more about this. <laughs> no, it's good stuff. It's okay. good stuff. All right. And uh, the number one song in the United States of America. Wait, should we talk about you being on set? I don't want to hang you out to dry there. No, we don't have to. Was there any good stories? Any good Richard Rodriguez stories? <laughs> Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> Uh, is Richard like his brother? Did R- Ricky Gervais just like spit in someone's face for R- handing him the wrong tea? Ricky Gervais, uh, I was only there for reshoots. Ricky Gervais did VO from London, and I get, but I got to be in a room like communicating with him uh, on- online, and it was the funniest thing ever. Oh, Even because really? he's like voicing this dog, and we had written him all this these terrible puns to say. And he would just like read one and laugh at himself and be like, this is awful. This is awful. <laughs> okay, I'm going to do it. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Good. Yeah. Good, good uh, Gervais story. Yeah. I'm glad that I uh, you know, resurfaced that conversation at the last moment. But if anybody uh, in the guild ever asks, I wasn't there. Ah, so Secrets of Hollywood. Bob. That's <laughs> our next podcast we're doing together. There we go. The number one song in America. Yes. In the summer of 2003. Yes. I mean, you could say July, but this was one of the all-time songs of the summer. I mean, start the song. Fucking total hammer. Crazy in love, Jay-Z and Beyonce. I'll listen to the whole damn thing right now. I don't care. Great fucking song. This is so good. Number one in both the United States and the UK. Uh... It is like an all-time summer song. And that aforementioned L.A. trip we took with our buddies, I remember this being on the radio over and over yep. and over. And never never not turning it louder when it came on. Like, it was awesome. It was a banger. And the video, all I remember about the video is Beyonce in like a bikini and like a, wearing a chinchilla in front of like an exploding car. <laughs> yep. I just remember that. Yeah, She was... It was like the perfect way to launch her solo career because number one, it's a great song. Number two, just coming out with 
Jay-Z at the time. Like, she's coming from Destiny's Child, which was like, you know, bubblegum pop. And now she's like, oh, here I am with the best rapper out right now. Right. And it was before they were connected romantically. Oh. So it was like, whoa, this is, we have to pay attention to this person. Yeah, she, I mean, this song single-handedly ended any possibility Destiny's Child would ever release yeah, another album. immediately. Like, just before she even started singing, the song ended it. Who's like, the it was one that, such a perfect uh, song. Our friend Nikki Glazer despises. M- uh, Michelle Williams? Mich- was it Michelle? We should get this right. Was it Kelly Rowland? It wasn't was Kelly Rowland. It was Michelle Williams. Yeah, it was Michelle Williams. What do you think Michelle Williams thought when she first heard this on the radio? <laughs> or like before it was released, someone sent her like in an AOL I'd, I'd like account, the single. I'd like to think she was like on Orbits.com because that was big in 2003. So big. And she was like about to book a trip and she was like, I don't know, like what if Bay calls me and we need to tour again? And then she heard the song and she's like, just book the trip. <laughs> book the fucking just trip. Book the trip. It's We're over. Not, I'm not going to be needed for a while. Uh... And she has not been needed ever again. <laughs> well, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be mean to her, but yeah. apparently she was a very unpleasant person to our friend Nikki. Yeah, she uh, sold Nikki out on the View when they <laughs> were like right. co-hosting together. Nikki like you know told a joke or two, and Michelle was like, "What?" Like didn't take it as a joke. It just got like too real with everything she said. I deal with a lot of that in um, sports media. Yeah, because there are a lot of people. Really, in all walks of life, but especially in sports media, some of these like more successful broadcasters that are major blowhards and think they have a sense of humor, but the sense of humor they have is so woefully under-equipped for actual <laughs> funny things. Yeah. So that their way to the way this is a very I'm thinking of someone in particular. I won't say who it is, but it could be any number of uh, broadcasters. It's like, oh, he said it, not me. <laughs> anybody that anybody that ever says uh, TMI, yeah, oh, that's anybody that ever says that has zero sense of humor, <sighs> zero. TMI, fucking assholes. <laughs> Don't be a fucking asshole. Uh, he said that just for the record, not me, <laughs> you asshole. Uh, let's not and say we did. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, I must be going. You ready for this, Bob? Oh my God! You ready to get in the spaceship? <laughs> you ready? To just for- take off. You ready for some permission to land? 500 miles an hour. Do you got permission to land, Bob? Let's do it. like button up the whole band with that too like they don't give a fuck no they're just throwing it all out there they're gonna sound like every one of their influences and just fucking lay it all on the table regardless of if they look stupid or whatever they yeah uh this is black shuck it is the first track on permission to land which uh it was all right just for a little context first of all 
The album topped the UK albums chart. Really? So it was a number one album wow. in the UK. It reached number 36 on the American Billboard 200. However, uh, we're going to get to the single everyone knows, but also just in general, uh, amongst American rock audiences, and Bob, we were right in the prime demographic at this point. We were in our early 20s. Like, this was such a breath of fresh air and so fun. So fun. That it was yeah. like what everyone was talking about, like all your buddies that were into rock music, and you'd be like, this Darkness album is amazing. It was like a lot of fun when they came out. Because, I mean, ever since Kurt Cobain killed hair metal in 1991, there hasn't been anything mainstream like this. Right. Like, there's been metal, obviously, but nothing that was just like laying it all out there like an 80s band and they did it they just put out this album that was unapologetically 80s and over the top and yeah there was nothing like it so if you were nostalgic for that kind of music or you just like that kind of music it was the perfect stuff to listen to in 2003 the timing was perfect and also like totally wrong and it was both perfect timing and wrong timing and the fact that like nobody was like clamoring for like 80s glam metal no. to come back. It, I mean, there are people like right now, if you go, you know, take a ride to West Hollywood, you'll go into the Rainbow Room or something. There are people that never left that era. Right. But the most of society kind of moved on. Uh, and it went, like you said, grunge, alternative, and then the pop and Britney Spears and sync, and then new metal. And like, and then garage rock, garage which rock. Like you wouldn't think this would come out right. simultaneously with that. Right. Uh, and this kind of was like, it showed up at the tail end of all of that. And it was just ridiculous enough to work. I mean, yeah, there were, did been, we ironically like the album or was no, it ironic? I, I think like it was unironically into it, but there was a wink to the whole thing. There was a wink. There were a few bands winking at the time. Like electric six was another band that was winking. With like their, but they were sort of doing like the disco medley kind of stuff, like with Danger High Voltage right. and stuff like that. There were uh, Harmar Superstar was like winking. Right. Like there was a lot Scissor of Scissor Sisters. The Scissor had that Sisters vibe, came yeah. out and started winking. There was that sort of winking with the music thing, but this was the only, these were the only guys doing it with metal. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> this does bring back memories. We're gonna get into we saw the darkness live. Very recently. Yeah, we didn't see them live in 2003. We saw them live about three months ago. And this is the one of the songs that I wanted to see the most because, you know, hands down, one of the more absurd songs ever to be released. Yes. All right, let's listen. You were drunk and you were sorry. <laughs> Has anybody leaned into a falsetto more than Justin Hawkins in the darkness? <laughs> no, he didn't. This song is about famine in Somalia, right? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't ask for anything more bass than this, which is perfect. Um, 
Did you know this is the first single off this album? I think I definitely did know that at some point in my life. It did not land on U.S. shores. No, not There's at no, all. That, I mean, they would have, like, if this even, like, the border w- patrol would stop this. Well, yeah. You we'd know, never have heard the darkness if they knew. You know how the British are so much better than us when it comes to, like, swearing and everything? Like, yes. This song doesn't work if you can't say motherfucker. So, like, I wonder if the reason this was the first single is because over there they could just say it. I don't know. Can they? Well, can, it can... didn't do well on the charts-wise in the okay. UK either. Okay. It kind of bombed as a single. Okay, that makes sense. Then. But, and then as we saw when we saw them in concert, it was one of the highlights of the show because there's something just so fun and ridiculous. I'm going to say fun a million times with this band, but, yeah. like, like, he sings it very seriously. Get your hands yeah. off of my woman, motherfucker. And it's just like he kind of you, you believe that he's like serious what he's saying. It's not like I know I get that there is some ironic winking to it, but I think Hawkins is kind of into it all. I think so too. No, I think they're trying. I don't know. Yeah, I, at some point we'll we'll deconstruct exactly what they were going for. <laughs> Do you think they know? No, I mean they've been on more drugs than us, so maybe at some point in like a heroin haze they figured it out. But whatever whatever they were doing, let's listen to the end of this. Yep. <laughs> I love these dudes. All right. Now, so just just when we were talking about Bob, the, uh, you know, are these guys like totally serious or not? This is this song's about herpes, right? Yes, growing on you, growing on me. I can't Sorry. get rid of you. Wikipedia comes through again. I got an update. <laughs> All right. I thought it was clearly understood that growing on me was about an STD. Yeah, or yeah. Gonorrhea or something. Despite rumors surrounding the song's meaning, lead singer Justin Justin Hawkins has refuted suggestions that the lyrics pertain to pubic lice. Is that a thing? Or sexually transmitted infections. People have said it's about pubic lice, but that's obviously wrong because pubic lice doesn't grow on you do they i think he's fucking with that interviewer because i think part of the genius of this song is like he's not overtly saying what it is but it's obvious that that's what it's about (laughs) if you pay attention to it if you're not paying attention and you're singing along you can just sing along to this and not know what you're saying right it's like a beautiful little song here so it is like a really good song with a good chorus it's it's a pretty straight ahead kind of rock song um, he says the true meaning is a sweet lady woman that you will never fully fathom or understand, but you love her so much that after a while it doesn't matter. See, I think that's what he wants you to think, <laughs> but really he knows, and everybody on the inside knows he's singing about uh, herpes. Also, the the, uh, <laughs> the the cover art for the single 
is like a close up of like his crotch area. <laughs> so that kind of gives. Well, there you go. That gives. I will it away say. A bit. I will say. Seeing him live, uh, he is legitimately funny. Yes. Like funnier than a lot of comedians I've seen. Like he not only is he like a rock star that hits the falsetto. Funnier than Gallagher. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Funnier than Gallagher too. Tie. But not only is he this big rock star, but he his banter was top shelf. Yeah, it was on point. Yeah. He does he um plays into that part so well. Like I remember thinking and we saw them where was it? It was at um Fonda. The Fonda Theater in Hollywood. Uh we saw him a couple months back and uh he's wearing he's basically it, it made me think of David Lee Roth as I was watching him, uh, what it might've been like to see, uh, Van Halen in 1984. Yeah. Uh, what if someone wore the spandex, had the hair was, oh, the come hither looks to the audience. Yep. Uh, but the difference between David Lee Roth and, and Justin Hawkins of the darkness is that Justin Hawkins was obviously just having like a lot of fun with the idea of playing that. Of being role. David Lee Roth. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is it all kind of an act? That's kind of like the the crux of like what makes them kind of interesting. Or have they gotten to them, themselves to the point where it's just like, yeah, this is who we are. Right. This is not like any type of like gig where we're different people. I don't know. Kind of fascinating. <gasps> Bob. Yep. We're here. You ready? Yep. Oh, my God. I'm so nervous. <laughs> okay, here we go. All right. Here we go. Don't fuck it up. thinking is this the song from bridget jones colon the edge of reason <laughs> yes it is friends oh thank you for answering that question <laughs> um, i'll never forget the first time i heard this song i was in my apartment in brooklyn and i was listening to the radio probably k-rock and they said before commercial break they're like coming up after the break a new song by the cure blah 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 so after the commercial this was song, it actually the cure this song came on and I listened to it thinking it was a new song by The Cure. <laughs> and I was like, is it? Like, it didn't make sense. But I was also like, I guess it could be. Like, And it was only after the song was over that they said that was the British band, The Darkness. And I was like, okay, I'm glad it's not The Cure. But what the fuck did I just listen to? And then yeah. I had to, like, seek it out to listen to it again. It's uh, still listening to it. It's It's so, like different than anything else before or after it in that whole era yeah. and frankly like has there been anything close to nailing this type of aesthetic 
No, it's kind no. of a perfect uh, homage to like the, that 70s like glam rock scene that nobody's even tried to do since, I don't think. Yeah, I can't think of anything. Well, you know, that one band you like has kind of done it or is trying to do it. Which band is that? Um, it's a the Oh, band. the Struts. The Struts. Yeah. They're, they're trying really to do like a darkness thing. But they're real. They're not, they're not tongue in cheek at all. Yeah. Like they're but not they're that, not they're not saying get your hands off my woman motherfucker. They're just writing good songs. Right. They're but they're leaning into that kind of vibe. Yeah, that yeah. vibe. Yeah. Um all right, let's listen to this a little more. <laughs> the falsetto is I insane. dare you to karaoke this. <laughs> I dare you to do this at karaoke. It's almost one of those ones where it'd be a great one to do it just to completely Yeah, you it. just have to <laughs> lean into the fact you're not gonna do it justice. Is this the part of the music video where the uh, amplifiers keep getting bigger and bigger? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, it was like really bad, like, I think on purpose, but like alien tentacles yeah. and the spaceship was exploding. At yeah. Uh, we went when we saw them. We got to the show a little bit late. and there Well, was, yeah. Should we get into why we even saw them or how it yeah, even Yeah, why don't we get out? into that? Bro. Yeah. Because it was, it was a big debate whether or not we were going to go see The Darkness in 2018. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, as it should be. It was a discussion. It wasn't a given. Right. We we had gone to the uh, Andre the Giant HBO documentary premiere almost down the street. Very close. It was one of those things where we had known the darkness were coming. We had circled the date in the calendar like, hey, maybe we're going to do this. Right. And then when you got uh, the tickets to Andre the Giant, we're like, oh, well, that's obviously what we're going to do. Right. So I guess the darkness are going to... Uh, I guess we're going to miss out on that. But yeah. Then, but then when we saw how close it was to each other, shit got real. Yeah. And the Andre the Giant after party, even though like Ralphie from the Christmas story was there <laughs> and uh, Vince Vaughn. Half uh, of Silicon Valley. Yeah. Pre DUI Vince Vaughn was there <laughs> and Carrie Ilwes from the Princess Bride was like macking on a woman like yeah. uh, roughly a quarter of his age. Yeah. Like all that. Although she was legal, I should say. Yeah. you could. I mean, we don't know. Probably was 18. Probably. Um, in general. And they had, you know, French food. and ch- It was a nice little after party. Yeah. But there was something about the darkness being right down the street. Yeah. That felt like it would have been irresponsible for us not to go. If we would have had to hop in an Uber and like go across town, it wasn't going to happen. No. But we walked. We walked. We did. It was a little bit of a shady walk at certain points. Uh, and... And there was, and we got to the door. I think we tried to sneak in. We did try to sneak in because that's we're classy guys. Yeah, no, we're, not, we're very grown up. Uh, but then, uh, we, you know, the ticket was like fifty bucks or something, or forty bucks. You're like, screw it. Yeah, let's do it. It's well worth it for half of a darkness concert. And I, I'm happy that we did it. Oh, me too. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it was one of those nights that uh, we used to have regularly in New York in our twenties. Right. That now to manufacture one in our thirties with kids. Not easy to do, but we pulled it off. Uh, you know what it was, Bob? A throwback. Wow.
Bob is very emotional. I'm into it. Power ballad. You're right. That's exactly what this is. Yeah. It was like hard on its sleeve power ballads that we had not seen since 1990. This could be Warrant. <laughs> we Might as not. well. Uh, this was actually about, they, they rolled out five singles from this album. This was the last one. Here in the States, too? I don't know if it was on both sides. Right. But uh, it didn't chart here, but it was a top five hit in the UK. I will say, it's uh, it surprised me when we threw this out in a listener poll, reviewer listener poll, that, um, you know, should we do The Darkness? It shocked me that there were enough people that were interested in this album, not knowing that it was so big overseas. So, I mean, clearly everybody that voted for us to listen to this album tonight doesn't live on this continent. Is there any, I'm sure they toured the country this year. Uh, it wasn't just an L.A. Well, show. They were recording a uh, movie. They're doing like a concert movie. They recorded it that oh, yeah, night. That's right. And I think they're going to be doing it throughout the tour. And that surprised us, too. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, sure. There's a, I guess there's a market. But there was. It's a small venue, uh, the Fonda, but it's it's a very well-known venue. It's yeah, a respectable Pete, Pete place to did a play. concert movie there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and I guess there's a market of people that want to buy a Darkness DVD of a concert in 2018. I guess. Where I mean, you, is it us? It's. It might be us because who else do you know about besides you and I that like the darkness? I have one other friend who likes the darkness. My friend Nelson is yep. a darkness fan, and actually, when we were working together at MTV, the darkness were playing at the Virgin Megastore across the street. So we snuck out of work and went to the basement of the Virgin Megastore in Times Square. Rest in peace. Where the darkness played like a six-song concert. And to like a tiny room, and we were there front and center. And I just remember Justin Hawkins getting on, I guess, his brother's shoulders and Dan do- Hawkins and doing a guitar solo just as he walks through the crowd on his brother's shoulders. And it was like, this is the best thing ever. <laughs> it was a total fire hazard, too, just being in the basement of the Virgin Megastore. It was so great. And then uh, we got our, we bought the album and got it signed by the band right afterwards. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Like the, um, that was the other thing. Like this was the height of both uh, you and I, Bob, one of our favorite bands ever it was the Strokes and that big garage movement. It was kind of um, cool to, to be disaffected on the stage and not really be mm-hmm. uh, too animated and things of that nature. So they kind of maybe are a little, part of the reason that you, it was easy to like them is it's kind of cool to see people going nuts on stage and like, like leaning into it yeah, as opposed to playing the cool card. Well, I think the, uh, before the darkness, the last time I got, I was way more ironically into it, but Andrew WK, mm. yes. Uh, yes. I loved that you first Andrew, Andrew WK, WK album <laughs> because it was like every song had the word party in it. it I just remember just like literally every song, right? Had just party. about every yeah. song. Yeah. Just like blasting it and just like throwing air punches as hard as I could and just like <laughs> loving every second of it. But that was a little more ironic. This, I think, is better music. Yeah. Uh, is Love Is Only a Feeling a good song, though? It's a good version of that kind of song. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is the next track Given Up.
<laughs> we haven't brought up Queen yet, by the way. Somehow. Is, this is what I, I, I thought yeah. of when I heard the chorus here. Obviously, the Freddie Mercury thing is strong uh, as well. Yes. Oh, definitely. I mean, and this is a great song about not giving up heroin, I think. Because <laughs> he did. The singer did have some major issues. Didn't yeah. he go to rehab? He went to rehab. But then there was like a really weird story that he went to rehab and oh, yeah, he met something. the guy from Keen, was it? And then they formed the band for a while. <laughs> Did they really? It was like really strange bedfellows. That sounds right. Um, and they they met together and uh, released an album no one ever heard of. I didn't even know they released an album. That's crazy. Let's it's, let's do that one next week. I think it was the singer from Keen. I like that song though. Stuck, giving up is solid. Yes. Uh, let's move on. Stuck in a rut. Oh, I like this one. I like the way this one starts. Oh, kiss my ass, kiss my ass goodbye. Fell by carriage of a limping in my mind. The more you in the sky, turn my back on the shit on the back of an eye. I wish they hung around. I know. I mean, I know <laughs> they did. They did put out more albums, and they did come back to an extent. Yeah. But like, yeah, the fact that everything kind of the wheels fell off so shortly after this debut, they yeah. never picked up any traction. I yet. only know one other Darkness fan. He's a bigger fan than you or I. It's Kevin Danger Hansus, my brother, and he has collected, I think, all the Darkness albums. Okay. Uh, the that's, that's a bold move. Yeah, the the next album I think was One Way Ticket to Hell and Back. Yeah, that? which is a funny title. <laughs> See, they're funny. Um, and it it was not good as I recall. No, it wasn't. There, I mean, I liked that single, but I remember there was nothing else on that album that really really popped for me. I like Stuck and It's not one of my favorites on the album. Honestly. Yeah, mine either. I like the way he just kind of like growls when he starts out. The, does he growl here? Something weird happened here? Thank you, Master. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yeah. yeah, something weird happened. Yeah, that was a good guess. <laughs> this is like also one of the bands that you could never um, explain to your girlfriend. <laughs> I was going to say, this is a band that has never come on in front of my wife, ever. No, there's no, it's not even like, it's definitely music for guys, by yeah. guys. Yes. If there is one song you could sneak into a mix, it's this one. Yeah, that's true. Friday night. Uh, let's listen to it a little bit. reading a schedule yeah i mean he's just talking about not being cool and all like the lame shit he used to do which is hilarious for like 
a rock star to be singing about. Yeah, archery on Thursday. My favorite one's coming out. But yeah, this this song actually was one of my favorites when I was listening to this back in the day. Like I should say, yeah, like when we saw them, there were oh, that was it Tuesday badminton. I just love hearing the word <laughs> badminton in a in a rock song. Um, there were women in the crowd that seemed to be fully aware of their catalog when we saw them. Yeah, but I just cannot imagine like. I had a girlfriend when this came out. Like I didn't. It never. Humble brag. It, it never. I know. It never appeared to me. It never occurred to me. Like, ooh, I should put this on one of my sad mixes. <laughs> no, and there's no sleeping or screwing to this. Oh, I guess you could. You could absolutely screw to this, but you're not going to fall asleep to it. No, see, it's got to pass that test, bud. Um, no, I remember my girlfriend at the time actively disliking this album when I put it on. Because it wasn't like I was putting it on for us, but if she came over and it was on, she'd be like, "Let's listen to something else," and rightfully so. You know why? Because I feel like if you weren't like in on it or didn't have an appreciation for it, I think it's that falsetto that pops up and over and over. And it's probably that thing too, where it's like, just put on Guns and Roses if you want to listen to something that sounds like Guns and Roses. Like, why are we doing this? Also, your girlfriend in two thousand three isn't going to say that either. No, not at all. She's like, just like put on literally anything else, <laughs> please. Like, do you have any Outcast or something? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. Is this good? I don't know. <laughs> I enjoy it. Yeah, we enjoy it. It was so funny. Before we started this episode, we we're like, let's not put on an album we're going to gush about since we gushed about Wilco and the Foo Fighters. And here we are gushing away. <laughs> but I'm listening to it. And I think, by the way, this is a MFR. It's the first MFR. Yeah. How, how deep are we right now? We are. We got two tracks left. Wow. Uh, Love on the Rocks with No Ice. Oh wait, this is not an MFR. I like the I like the way this goes. All right, well, wait for it. Well, they do have a uh, a way with like a hook on this album. Like yeah. every song has a catchy chorus. It's a little dunderheaded to me. Let's listen to it. Wait, hold on. Oh, okay. It's fine. I don't know. I feel like we're like we're like forty minutes into the album at this point. I feel like I'm starting to run a little bit of low on goodwill for the falsetto, <laughs> which is saying nothing really bad about the band or the album, but. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Maybe that's why it kind of worked to our benefit. We only saw half the concert. Um, maybe I just, I mean, I like this. I think I just love the title more than I love the song. Love on the Rocks with No Ice is a great title. We should go to like, right after the podcast, we should go like drive to South Central and find a bar that has one of those things where you can plug in the music uh-huh. and then just put on the entire Darkness album. And then just sit at that spot on the bar where you're right around the corner of Devil's Perch and you can see the whole bar and just see how everyone reacts to it. Do you think this is going to be the album that brings us all together as one? I think this could do it. All right. Well, okay. actually, I think it will get us killed. We'll probably get killed. More likely than not, this will get us killed. I guess my, my thought is that it's kind of a, a bit of a, they have like a narrow, at least here. But that's why, again, the UK, we can't make sense of them. We also think Robbie Williams created the greatest song of all time. 
Speaking of, thank you to everybody who tweeted at us when Robbie uh, flashed the finger at the World Cup uh, opening. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, you didn't see that? No. Well, of course, Robbie performing at the World Cup would be like opening ceremonies or whatever it was. And, uh, Why? I, that's a Why great question. Why is Robbie Williams in Russia performing great at the question. World Cup But he was. He was. He was trending on Twitter for the entire day. At some point, he uh, shot a double middle finger at the camera because he's still edgy. Oh, he's, listen, he's the bad one. He's the bad boy. <laughs> uh, what was the band he was in? Take That. Take That. Right? Take That. Yes, that's correct. He's the one you don't mess with. The, uh, fat, the fat dancer from Take That. Is that what uh, Noel said? <laughs> yeah. Liam called him the fat Liam. dancer. <laughs> uh, all right. The pen, penultimate track is Holding My Own. You remember this one? Yeah, it's about masturbation. He's holding, his, he's holding his own dick. This fucking guy. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah. All right, let's listen to the lyrics. I'm pretty, yeah. Baby, everything's falling into place. Oh, I'm so excited now I've got my space. Like a special <laughs> a little bit of a humble brag there. Yeah, it's two hands. Two hand jerker. Yeah, this one, you're right, Bob. Lately, I'm doing what I can do to pleasure me. I'm finding time to focus on my fantasies. I'm satisfied in my own company. I don't need your permission <laughs> to take this matter in my own two hands. Um, absolutely growing on me is about... Yeah, 1,000%. And gonorrhea. he's fucking with that person. Or pubic lice. Whatever it was. Whatever, I never heard Whatever it was growing tonight. on Justin Hawkins in 2002 when he wrote this album. You had a lot of shit going on. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of shit. So, see what I love about this though, like the comedy of this all, is it's so, I mean, subtle. It's subtle's not the right word because it's not subtle, but it's not overt. No, you need to pay attention, and he's actually structuring good songs with a good voice, good musical everything. Oh, they're really proficient. Around like. And played the funny. balls out of the, all these songs and concerts. This is not like we had we had one amazing. It might have been the same year. Holy shit! One amazing night back on one of our trips in San Diego, where we saw the band Steel Panther. Right. At the time, they were metal school. Yeah, they were not metal big shop yet. or something like that. They weren't big. Not that they're big now, but they were doing the '80s hair metal thing. But they were a parody of it. Right. And it was hilarious, and it was fun, and we were wasted, and it was a great night. Uh, that we just randomly walked into this bar and there was this like 80s like Hurricane O'Malley's some or Hurricane yeah, some, some terrible horrible, San Diego name some probably fucking horrible place to be unless you're 23 years old some place that like the cast of the real world San Diego probably got arrested in front of exactly but where's Randy he's at Hurricane <laughs> O'Malley's he's in oh, trouble no, Robin's getting locked up too <laughs> the greatest episode ever of real world oh that was the best but uh yeah that's a parody this is good music remember the girl that was afraid of water Oh, Rest Frankie. Rest in peace. Frankie. She was afraid of boats. That's right. <laughs> she had a fear of boats. Fear of boats. And then future Flock of Dudes star. Yes. 
Jamie. Jamie Chung. Jamie Chung. Yeah. What was, was she like to work with, Bob? Oh, on the silver oh, screen. She was a pleasure. Do you want to get? Let's get a flock of dudes plug in. Thank you for here. the flock of dudes plug. Yeah. No, Jamie's amazing. You could catch flock of dudes on all streaming formats. And if you're in Australia, uh, uh, correction. Oh no. Correction. No, don't take it away, <laughs> Bob. You need this. Um, I don't know about Australia, but if you're in New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> If you're in New Zealand, you may be able to procure a physical copy of Flock of Dudes. Oh, you can. Rated R. Uh, I was informed. Somebody, uh, I think our friends in Australia, told us that, uh, yeah, it's because New Zealand doesn't have Wi-Fi yet, so they need physical copies. Oh, come copies. on, New Zealand? Get your <laughs> shit together. Fucking around. Uh, wait, hold on. Is this the last song? Yes, this is called Making Out. Making Out. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. It's I don't remember this one. a piece of cord uh, between... It might be. And I'll finish that joke. Can't wait. That's a piece of card between Israel and Palestine, and it's also in honor of the late Yitzhak Rabin. I like the way you said Israel, like the way I said it during my bar mitzvah that you weren't invited to. That's great. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Don't need your environmental. R.I.P. Rabin. All right, Bob, let me ask you I question. have zero memory of this Yeah, album. I don't think I made it. Even though I love the Darkness album, this album, I never got to the end of it because there was too much Are we sure this isn't like some like 2018 remastered <laughs> like bonus <laughs> track or something? So. I have no memory of this. I think this is it, Bob. Listen, it's a lot of Justin Hawkins. It's a lot, there's a lot of falsetto to make it all the way to the end. You know a great Darkness song that came out right after this album? Um, their Christmas single. Christmas time. Oh, you're right, Bob. Don't Let the Bells End. Yes, that was a Christmas single they put out. That was incredible. But you're right. This must be some add-on because Holding My Own is the last yes! one. Yes! Vindicated. Good I don't know why I'm vindicated, about. but I just, I've never heard this before. It just sounded so off. It was on the Japanese deluxe edition bonus track. Why iTunes why? has it on there? I why? have no idea. Yeah. Uh, here's my question to you, Bob, before we pick the song that will go on our Spotify uh, playlist. Yes. Could the darkness, could a band like the darkness be popular at all today? Yeah, not not like number 32 album in the country. What if the song is just as good? As I believe in a thing called love. No, I don't think anybody's listening to music like this anymore. Also, nobody will ever write a song better than that. That's probably it. Yeah. It was a perfect song. It was a perfect song. Can we pick it for the playlist or is it just too. It's. Mm. Are we getting too cutesy if we don't pick it? That's what I'm saying. Because obviously, something like Growing On Me or. Or. Also, there's something amazing about... Here's my pitch. Well, that could be any any Darkness song, so it doesn't matter. But this is coming out of um, uh, Yankee Hotel Foxtrot, which would be Jesus, etc. Yeah. So, which is one of the, like, the prettiest, like, mournful, uh, melancholy songs. <laughs> like, a, a beautiful little um, piece of music. It's going to be amazing, no matter what we choose, to yeah. follow that <laughs> with the Darkness. Just kicking into that guitar. <laughs> right away um yeah i mean i would want to do if it wasn't that it would have to be something like growing on me or get your hands off of my woman motherfucker i feel like that might be a good one to do that's a good one to do should we do it 
Wait, wait, should or we do? We overthinking it. Get your hands off of my woman. <laughs> I think we got to do. I believe in a thing called love. Listen, you don't have to tell me twice. I don't have to tell you twice. Uh, follow us on Twitter at Throwback Pod. Email us at the Throwback Pod at Gmail. Yep. We're on Instagram at Throwback Pod. Yep. Again, we are supported by you, the listeners, and you guys are fucking awesome. Yes, thank you guys for being fucking awesome. Yes, we appreciate that. And uh, if you want to help out and help out the cause, uh, patreon.com slash throwbackpod. And you can also get that link on our Twitter uh, page, Bob. So no excuses. None. 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 Unless you have like... You okay, Bob? None. Unless you have better things or more important oh, things to spend. I mean, I know one excuse. You could be like, oh, I can't do it. I have food poisoning. And guess what? If you say that, you're a fucking liar. How about that? It's not real. Food poisoning is taking away everything that's important to you, Bob. It's, not it's on a revenge tour. Not real. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. Have a happy 4th of July. Yes. Americans. America. And Nobody from America is listening to this episode. And it's like, yeah, it's true. And the people in the UK, hey, that's, hey, we got the W there. You could have a good. What do you want? I was gonna say have a good Fourth of July too, for just as another day. But fine, yeah. No, we got the W. You're, you're gonna celebrate. There's no gloating here, but like, got bit. the dub there. A little bit of gloating. And you just you move on. You move on from the win. You move on from the loss. Yeah. Fair enough. Uh, and well, to our, our UK listeners, let's oh, end okay. it that way. Okay. Uh, with Fourth of July coming. Oh, up. I like where you're headed with this. Go fuck yourself. <laughs>